Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with the generous support of listeners like you. For more Nerdy Show podcasts, community forums, and learn how you can support this and other Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Hi, my name is Astronautilus, and when I'm not busy twinking out uh, my druids in World of Warcraft and uh, painting all my figurines in my Space Wolves army for Warhammer 40k, I like to listen to Nerdy Show. Welcome to Nerdy Show, a weekly podcast dedicated to every facet of nerddom, from comics and video games to science and technology. If it's geeky, we've got it covered. Hey, I'm Cap. Hi, I'm Hex. Hi, I'm Tony. Hi, I'm Mike. Hey, I'm Doug. And this episode, we're going to be talking to Weird Al Yankovic, or <gasps> or I am. Anyway, oh. we, we've done an interview. And we're just going to be jealous of you. Yeah, we're, that's right. I'm we're all jealous. staring with green eyes. Let me, let me feel it. Let me feel those beams. Those oh. piercing beams. Oh. Passive aggressive sigh. <laughs> <laughs> Weird Al's recently put out his uh, brand new record, Mandatory Fun. So as of this episode coming out, the record's out. The videos are out. He's released eight. Eight videos in eight days. We have listened and watched to them all, as so the Grand Master decreed. Yeah, though right now, you guys haven't seen or heard shit. <laughs> I'm living in the future, Cap. Stop living in the past. <laughs> Al and I will be talking about the record in the interview, but I'll, also I'll in this episode... I mean, we're, aren't, aren't we all on a first... Mr. Yankovic will be... I would still, I would still call him Mr. Yankovic. <laughs> Mr. Yankovic is my yeah. father. <laughs> well, you see, we're not BFFs with him like Cap is. Right. Or is it WFFs, Weird Friends Forever? We'll be playing the interview shortly. We also want to talk about... We got this cast here. We thought we'd talk about our members with Weird Al, our favorite songs, favorite moments. Over at Consequences Sound, we actually have a, a number of articles. Not only is there a transcript of this interview that you're going to be hearing during this episode, but also there's a, a Best of Weird Al list we've made where we've taken best movie songs, best album, best album cover, best video, best fake interview, best pop parody, stuff like that. It, it was a very, very complicated procedure. We had a spreadsheet, right? They took it very seriously. Every, <laughs> practically every category, all five of us that contributed to this article had a different answer for every single one. In most cases, and there had to be a lot of debate about like, okay, well, is it is this one win because of nostalgia or is it like actually the best one? And then you each picked your favorite weapon and it engaged in a duel to the death. Yeah, it was, the well, it was the, the eat it battle with the forks and the, the bound wrists. <laughs> so we did that. It, it turned out really well. And then also there's, of course, the obligatory album review of Mandatory Fun. Obligatory for mandatory. Sounds right. Yeah. It feels good, man. So, my first Weird Al record was Bad Hair Day. Really? 
That just seems like such a late album. Well, I mean, reason being that generally, and this is, I think, statistically accurate, the time that people are most likely to get into Weird Al is around like fifth, sixth grade middle school, become aware of him. Because I didn't grow up with cable, and therefore things like mm. Al TV and the possibility of seeing like pop-up videos or any reruns of his videos, or UHF on cable for that matter, basically on network television as it was at the time in the 90s, there was no opportunities for me to see, experience, or interact with Weird Al at all. Right. And I'll even, I will second cap because my first exposure to Weird Al was Bad Hair Day on cassette tape. I will third that. Wow. The first CD I ever owned, period, was Bad Hair Day. None of you are true fans. <laughs> no way. While my first experience was the food album, the collection of food-related right. songs on cassette, my first live concert ever was Weird Al <laughs> at the Bad Hair Day tour. <laughs> wow. We just We can't escape it. We're all living in that Amish paradise together. But yeah, my mom raised me on Weird Al. That was one of the first things I remember. Actually, during the um, Running With Scissors tour, there was a near brush with Destiny where our video game correspondent, Jonna, who was much younger than me at the time, as in like an age group that would not socialize with each other, we were both attending that same concert. <laughs> we found out years later. I think I went to that tour. That was also my first live performance ever. Nice. I've, I've never seen Weird Al live. I don't remember the first album that we had. My dad had a one of the CDs... And I remember that's where I first heard it. But the first album that I got that was like mine was Alapalooza. Yeah. Yes. And uh, uh, I just listened to that thing because also Jurassic Park was super popular. So like I had <laughs> to get it on top of that. So being a Weird Al fan and Jurassic Park fan, it was like made for me. That was my first exposure. What's your favorite parody song and what's your favorite original song? Okay, I want to get this Ooh. out off my chest here. Mark with a C did an episode of Real Congregation not so very long ago about the Weird Al originals. That was a very divisive episode because everybody has an opinion about what the best Weird Al originals are. Mm -hmm. And he got all kinds of like angry or like what the fuck kind of messages after he did it. <laughs> and there was a song that I feel very strongly about as being like Weird Al's like greatest achievement with solo songs that not only was not recognized in that episode of Real Congregation, but also unfortunately didn't make it in the consequence of sound list. I got beat out. And that is Hardware Store. Oh, yeah. You know what? That was actually yes. one that I was going to list. His breakdown of various things that you can purchase in a hardware store is... It's also catchy. It's it like, is ridiculous. Like, the, like the, the production for that and the writing, everything about that song is so complex. And hardware Store got shafted on, on that? No one... I've never seen Hardware Store listed on a best of original songs yeah. list. And it sucks because that yeah. one... I mean, hey, I love Albuquerque, but like the thing about Albuquerque is that Albuquerque is a... A very direct and controversial style yes, parody. It is. It is. It is. No, it, it's practically is a parody of Dick's Automotive by the Rugburns. Like if you listen to <clears throat> Dick's Automotive by the Rugburns, you'll go, this is Albuquerque. <laughs> but this happened before Albuquerque. Albuquerque is a parody of this. Why is this not labeled as a parody of this? He actually wow. he gave the band a special thanks in the following album. Actually, Okay, that's good. I don't know what happened there. And we, we don't talk about it in the interview, but, but yeah. hard, Hardware Store, when we're talking about a Weird Al original songs and not style parodies, Hardware Store okay. is 100% original. As far as I know, it's not a style parody at all. Right. I was going to ask about style parodies, because if we were including, if we were excluding style parodies, then that opens up like, well, I really like Dare to be Stupid, but. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't, someone from Devo, I think, actually listened to Dare to be Stupid and got mad yeah, that was Mark Mothersbaugh. Yeah, he said that Weird Al wrote 
a better Devo song than Devo did. <laughs> and, and, and I believe the quote is, and I hate him for it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and yep. I think that was meant to be tongue in cheek. They kind right, of, right. they kind of hang like in the same really, circle. Yeah, he hates him, but he's it's like, just like, this is so perfect. How could you do it so seamlessly? Like, how did he beat me at my own game? <laughs> <laughs> this is newbie with his, with his caterpillar mustache. I don't understand. I think my favorite memory of Al, just getting into that real quick, is how much everybody loves him. Because he is one of the most respected individuals in the music industry, it seems like. There's nobody with a bad word to say against him. And I loved during the 90s that it was a badge of honor when mm. you were parodied by yeah. Weird Al. Like, yeah. Kurt Cobain was like, I made it. I made it because Weird Al parodied me. Well, I mean, it still is unless you're Iggy Azalea and you don't know who the hell he is. Yeah. But, you know, fortunately, Iggy Azalea seems kind of ignorant anyway. Fortunately, Iggy Azalea does not represent the standard population of, uh, of even, even of pop musicians. So yeah. that's okay. So we're going to do the rundown of original and parody favorites. We know Caps, hardware store, and yeah. I'm actually, I'm going to jump in and say that my favorite original, it's kind of a toss up because I love that. I also love Horoscope because of his breakdown of horoscopes in the middle. Or the night Santa went crazy, just for nostalgic reasons. In terms of my favorite parody, it's it's got to be either the Saga Begins or Amish Paradise. Hmm. Saga Begins because I mean that song hit right when I was in the throngs, oh yeah mm. it was perfect the throngs yeah of episode one fandom before I got really 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 disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> that is a better version of the movie than the movie well mostly because it cuts out the dialogue it also came out before that and still managed to get the film right yeah 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 not to mention weird al and those obi-wan robes that's my (laughs) obi-wan of course it is hex style parody it has to be dare to be stupid that's my absolute favorite second up is actually cnr from the latest album i really enjoy that Previous latest album Previous. from from yeah. Alpocalypse, not mandatory fun. Yeah. <laughs> In Hex's head, there was nothing after the Alpocalypse no. because we were all kind of that recovering it. Yeah, from yeah. it. It's like picking between children. Yeah. Yeah. Because like Party in the CIA is pretty freaking brilliant. You know what? I, I This is something that I can't decide. I can't. I just. What's your favorite food based song? Yeah. Ye of the it's, food it, cassette. It's my bologna. It's my bologna. It's just my so bologna? perfect. Not it's lasagna. So, no, 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 no. My bologna is just so like pure, unadulterated Al. It's his first song. It is the thing that got him big. Well, that was another one rides the bus. Yeah. Well, that, his first that, food that, was, song. that was his mm. first song. Yeah, yeah. No, that that's the one I was thinking of. That, that was the big one that it was just him and his drummer drumming on his uh, accordion, accordion case. case. Yeah, yeah. My pick for best food song was a theme from Rocky 13. Nice. <laughs> that's, nice. That's, my, that's my favorite. Love that one uh, so but much. But yeah, my Bologna is my favorite, so- my favorite food song. Rocky Road. Nice. I love Rocky Road. Absolutely. I can't hear I Love Rock and Roll without replacing the words in my head like this. I, I think it's a better song. I think it's, <laughs> I think it's one of those. There's a few of them, and that's yeah. one of them. I gotta give it up to Grapefruit Diet. Yeah, Grapefruit Diet yeah. is also a pretty brilliant song. I, I, love, I love Swing. What, I love, what, I'm, what I'm hearing is, Tony, you got a full-on nostalgia boner for Running With Scissors. Yeah, I do. You're like, yeah. you're like which, but you know that one song from Running With Scissors, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, I understand. It's a thing that happens. Like, you'll always remember your first Weird Al album, and that'll be the one that best represents where you're coming from. Your tastes or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <sighs> it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Kind of like your first version of D&D that you play. <laughs> that point on you're always arguing which one was better well mm-hmm. fourth edition was my first one and i'll argue against fourth edition at any opportunity <laughs> for me I, I i don't know it is hard to pick like i asked everybody what their favorites are because i just wanted to help decide what mine were because i can't really decide <laughs> jackass um for original song 
The Night Santa Went Crazy is one of the first original songs that he did that I like memorized just because it was just so much fun. But as far as like the parody songs go, the one that I just learned and repeated over and over was Amish Paradise. Because the original one was everywhere. Oh, yeah, it was. Mm. So when no, you Gangsta's he- Paradise was... Yeah, yeah. And I'll absolutely bottled lightning with that. And, and, yeah. and something that we had a discussion of, like, what really was the best album on Consequence, and we were conflicted over because we were competing against our own nostalgia factors for things, but eventually we rationalized that it was Bad Hair Day more so than any other record that said Weird Al is not a fad, Weird Al is never going away. Right. Weird Al, he, He's got a, a he is of the king relevance. of this. Yeah. And, and clearly, because I'm a fan of movies, all of his movie-related ones, like Gump, even Gump, I was just like, I just loved yeah. it because I was a movie-going kid and a Weird Al fan, so everything related to a movie, I, was somehow it just stuck out to me more. Here, here's a question. What's a Weird Al parody you know that you either originally had never heard the Source song or still have to this day never heard the Source song? Mm. Wow. Um, At the time, uh, I hadn't heard "Riding Dirty." I'd heard "White and Nerdy." Really? How'd you, man? That's that's a that was tricky. You avoiding that one? It was a gift. I don't know. I just I I missed it. I actually didn't hear "Riding Dirty" in full until a a recent Luigi Death Stare video that had it. (laughs) So I I, on a similar. I think it was. Is it all about the Pentiums? Yeah, Yeah, that was all about the Benjamins. Yeah, I've never heard the whole song of all about the Benjamins. I still don't think I've heard the original song all the way through. There was a time when every single parody song that was put online, whether it was on Kazaa, was attributed, yeah, it was it was attributed, Al. attributed to Weird Al, and it clearly wasn't most of the time. I okay. ran over the Taco Bell dog, courtesy of Weird Al Yang. <laughs> Did you guys uh, see something you t- tweeted recently? Um, you know, there's always been people who aren't real fans call him Weird Al Yankovic, right? Mm. What? Yeah. <laughs> Fucking iTunes did it. It was like the top of his iTunes page the other day said Weird Al Yankovic. In the style, how do you and get f- that wrong? Son it, of a it was, bitch! It was, it was a text within a graphic, and someone who designed the graphic had added an H at the end of it. It was uh, in the style of the mandatory fun art. Weird. Well, I am, wow. I guess. Yeah. For me, with the identified song, uh, Syndicated Incorporated from Bad Hair Day, I still have never heard the original song. Really? Yeah, I, I'm, I have no <laughs> idea. I have no idea what it is. Isn't it Frustrated Incorporated? It's from the same band that Kevin Smith loves, puts him at the end of all of his movies. Parody of Misery by Soul Asylum. That's oh, what it was. That makes sense now. Because it's, you know, the Frustrated Incorporated. I, I don't know that, actually. Yeah. It's at the end of Clerks 2. Really? Yeah. Well, then I, then I have heard it, but I it walked out of the stick. theater while it was happening. <laughs> you know, all about the Pentiums. I think about that song quite a bit because, like, it's fizzled out now, it's relevancy, but the way he wrote it, he's so smart about picking topical things, it was written in such a way so that all those computer technology-related disses, they held up for years and years and years after that yeah, song. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, I still, I still remember the, you think your Commodore 64 is really neato. What kind of chip you got in there? A Dorito? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that is still relevant. Like, yeah. I, I just remembered another song that I, didn't, that I never heard the full song, uh, I Lost on Jeopardy. I recently, for the first time ever, heard that on the radio. I'm like, I'm I can't like, oh, to is this? Yeah, yeah. Is this? no, it was the song was ruined for me. Yeah, I mean, which is fine with me because I love, I love, I lost. I'm on just Jeopardy. saying, like, I'm lost on Jeopardy. Exactly. What is it? I was listening yeah, to my maybe? car, and I'm I like, mean, oh, this is this must be the song. And bringing just, it back around to Star Wars, Yoda. What wait, wait, so you, you never heard Lola what? before you heard really? Yoda? No. Oh, wow. Oh. I started, and he's a youngling. Yeah. I don't remember the songs. What the title was, but it's like. Hmm, 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 or something like that on the album. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, That's by the uh, Crash System. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I never heard the original song. I became a huge fan of Crash Test Dummies after looking up that song <laughs> because of the parody, actually. <laughs>
Yeah, and I like I had somehow seen that video on MTV before the parody came out. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. <laughs> so much love for Al in this room. Okay, oh, how about yes. this? Favorite polka medley. This was another topic mm. for consequence. My pick was actually Angry White Boy Polka. It's such a strong collection of a very specific genre of music, mm. and he's only done that a couple times. Yeah. The other one that won was the other time he did that, which is the alternative Turn of polka. polka, which is my personal favorite. That's my yeah. personal favorite yeah. too. That's the one that resonates most with me. I say one, but I mean it was it was a group consensus. But like you know, <laughs> right, right. We, we were all really passionate <laughs> making this right. list. It got very intense. I'm, I'm gonna either of those is I'm fine with. I do just have to give an honorable mention to Polkamon. Yeah, yeah. Th- that was that is actually my number two for sure because really? like. Because it was on the soundtrack, the American soundtrack to the first Pokemon movie, it's a relatively unknown Weird Al song. But like, it, it's such a well thought out collection of rhyming the Pokemon names. It's much better than anything Nintendo or the people who dubbed Pokemon. I don't know what you're US. talking about. The Pokemon rap is, is genius, right. sir. Yeah, no, uh, Pokemon any day of the week. It's a great, great Poka. Yeah. The alternative Poka, that's the one for me. Too. Yeah. I also do have a uh, confession to make that. Basically, whenever I get a new Weird Al album, the first track I go to is the polka. <laughs> there's, there's nothing wrong with that. It's sort of is... like the current events up to date. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. Do, what I, songs do, do I, I get missing? all these references? Almost. Because this was when I was just getting into music. I was like 12 when I bought that album. I was perfect I was, age. I was a dumb kid. <laughs> so <laughs> I was a dumb kid. So I loved Weird Al. Is that, that what you're trying to say? I didn't really have taste in music at that. Like, I was like, this is funny. I like this. This is good. And then I started like listening to the local radio. I was like, oh, I recognize this song. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, that was on that Weird Al song. Oh, that's awesome. So and Weird Al gave you good taste in music? Yeah, Weird Al kind of like <laughs> funneled you know, me into having good taste in music. And um, there's something to be said for that. He's really mm. good at introducing you to other songs mm. you might not have known mm. that he's so close to in sound that odds are you'll enjoy the thing it's based on too. Yeah. Trapped at the drive-thru? Yeah. Wow. Oh, yes. man. That's like, Trapped at the drive-thru, I had heard, like, the first song of Trapped in the Closet, and I just was I'd familiar, so I was able to get Trapped at the drive-thru, but for some reason I didn't know that Trapped in the Closet went on for multiple volumes after that, so I watched Trapped at the drive-thru, and I'm like, this is freaking great, and then it's like, yeah, because there's multiple chapters, and I'm like, what? So then I went back, and I watched all the chapters of Trapped in the Closet, just because of, <laughs> wow. of the animated drive-through thing, and uh, it was great. Mark with us, he has a lot of thoughts on that. He's he's huge in the trapped in the closet. There's so many people <laughs> I've, I've met who who I thought like, oh, there's they're like in terms of cool and pop culture awareness that are one level or several levels above me. When I mention trapped in the closet, they go, oh my god, you too. <laughs> so I feel like I'm part of a club or in a closet, if you will, with <laughs> these fellow fans, and it's great. Well. We're going to cut to a track, and when we get back, I'll be talking with Weird Al himself. This is a track from a fantastic Weird Al tribute record made several years ago called 26 and a Half. It's a selection of mostly covers of Al's originals by awesome nerd musicians like MC Frontalot, Insane Ian, Shale Riley, and many more. Here's one by our very own Mark with a C, covering the country love ballad from Al's 1986 record, Poker Party, Good Enough for Now. Oh, I couldn't live a single day with Second thought, well, I suppose I could Anyway, what I'm trying to say is Honey, you're the greatest Well, at any rate, I guess you're pretty good Now it seems to me I'm relative 
March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Welcome back. With me is Weird Al Yankovic. So, Al, we're back on the new Weird Al record every three years release schedule. It's really good to have you back. Nice and regular. Well, thanks. Thanks. I, I, I'm not sure how much regular it's going to be at this point because um, this is the end of my record contract. And I'm not sure that I'm even going to be doing uh, conventional albums anymore. I, I might be uh, just releasing singles at this point. So it, it's hard to say, but, but chances are you'll be hearing from me uh, even more regularly than before. That's actually awesome to hear. I remember like the last record, um, Alpocalypse, it had some substantial development hiccups based on the record labels and so on. So that's great. I mean, I welcome this new era. 
Yeah, thanks. I mean, the, the music industry has been changing so much radically in the last uh, decade or two that we're all just trying to figure out the best way to, to make a go of it. And uh, I'm, I'm still trying to figure it out, but uh, hopefully I'll come up with the right formula. Uh, speaking of formulas, uh, maybe this will become irrelevant in the new era of Al, but uh, I was listening to your old song, Patterns, from the educational show Square One. Oh, wow. It got me thinking. You're a very pattern-oriented guy. You've got, like, this process to album making. you got a new record every three years, 12 tracks, five song parodies, six style parodies, and one polka. And that all equals 27. <laughs> I, I guess, you know, I don't know. I, I guess I'm, I'm a little OCD that way. I mean, I, I, I like consistency. I like symmetry. I, I like things in their place. You, you might not know from looking at my house, because I'm... <laughs> I've got stuff all over the place in the creative funk, but, <laughs> but in terms of uh, my art, I do like neatness and consistency, and, and it, it, I found out a long time ago that a uh, formula of six originals, five parodies, and a polka medley, that seemed like a good balance, so once I find something that works, I tend to stick with it. I guess for the last few albums, there's been this uh, long development cycle. This most recent record has like recordings as early as 2012 and as recent as June of this year. I start the originals pretty early on because I know that they can sit in the can for a while and not feel too dated. So I, I get a good head start on those and take my time and, and um, get those written and recorded and, and mixed and, and mastered and just have them there and waiting. And that way I'm able to do the parodies last and have those be a lot more fresh and topical. I think maybe the the oldest parodies on this album are Blurred Lines and the Radioactive parodies, which I think are close to a year old at this point. And then the most recent being the Iggy Azalea parody, which, you know, her song, as of right now, is still number one on the chart. So I was able to time that out pretty well. But it's always a puzzle to try to put an album sort of material out and still have everything feel as fresh as possible. You called it well on the ones that have been out for a year. I mean, they're still on the radio. And personally, I mean, this I guess this just speaks to what I listen to, but I knew you were parodying Iggy Azalea because that's what's been written about largely, but I heard handy before I heard fancy. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I was uh, depending a little bit on my daughter to be my ears on the ground because, you know, I, I study the billboard charts and I, I'm aware of what's happening in, in the zeitgeist, but, you, you know, you, you never really know if something's hit mainstream unless it's a hit in the sixth grade. So I had to ask my daughter, like, are people talking about Iggy Azalea? And she said, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's all they ever talk about. So I, I knew it was time. That's a really great barometer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As always, you've delivered on the parody front. Like, generally, you make songs that I can't stand likable or even lovable like parting the cia from the last album i think miley cyrus may have been born so that you could write that parody it's my one of my all-time <laughs> favorites of yours well thank you i've heard from fans that said that they would be uh, humming my song like randomly in public and their friends would say are you humming miley cyrus and they'd say, no 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 i'm humming right now <laughs> <laughs> I'm always most excited to hear your style parodies, though. Um, I, I imagine as a musician, they must be really fun projects. They are. I mean, it's, it's a challenge because it's, it, it involves a whole lot more work than just doing a normal kind of original song because not only is it an original composition, but I have to try to emulate another artist or group style as closely as possible, which involves you know, a lot of research and, and note-taking. And it really is a labor of love. I always pick uh, artists who I really admire, and I've got a real affinity for their work. And I, I spend a lot of time just listening to their entire body of work over and over until it kind of seeps into my brain, and then I try to write my own twisted version of it. Mission Statement, the Crosby, Stills, and Nash parody, and uh, the First World Problems, the Pixies parody are two of my favorites from this record. Which of the style parodies on uh, Mandatory Fun was the most challenging for you? Uh, they, they all have their own set of challenges. Probably, uh, well, the, the one that was the most work was Jackson Park Express, just because that was sort of the, that's the epic closer on the album. That's over nine minutes long. 
And just, yeah. just because of the sheer length of it and the uh, the production. I mean, it, it's a pretty. I'm very proud of the production on that. My, it's got you know a real string sections and horns and and background singers and it's pretty full blown. And I, I'm very happy with the way that one turned out. I really like the more recent Weird Al tradition of the the gigantic, super length storytelling kind of closer number you do. And at Jackson Park Express was great. I have lots of questions about it. I've only listened to it through a few times now. Is it about a Chicago bus route? Is that what it is? Yeah, it is. I mean, I, I picked it actually off the internet. I've never actually been on the Jackson Park Express, but I wanted to do a song about a bus route, and I just kind of went online and I looked at a bunch of names of bus routes, and and the name Jackson Park Express sounded the most musical. You now, Jackson <laughs> Park Express. Yeah, that's got like nice percussive sounds, and it's got a nice nice rhythm to it. Let's go with that. Then I studied the bus route and said, okay, well, the bus gets off here, and I can have this happening on this intersection. And I just did the whole thing from my laptop, never having once actually written the Jackson Park Express, which I'm, I'm sure I will at some point in the future now, now that I've written this song. It's sort of like when I did Biggest Ball of Twine in Minnesota. I'd never been to the Twine Ball in Darwin, Minnesota. But of course, after the song became a big hit with fans, I had to make a pilgrimage like everybody else and just pay homage to the Twine Ball. I didn't even know the Twine Ball was real. That's like... Oh, it's absolutely real. I, I didn't actually make the trip talked about it in the song, but it is, it is absolutely a, a real, honest to goodness, roadside attraction. Man, okay, that's something I'm doing with my life now. Not exclusively, but a, a thing <laughs> <laughs> that's happening. <laughs> the funny thing about that song was, like, after I did the song, a lot of the things I just kind of riffed on in the song that didn't exist at the time, now they're real. Like, there wasn't really a Twine Ball in when I wrote the song. But now there is. Oh it's, it's song. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So actually, the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota is probably my favorite track from the UHF soundtrack and other stuff. Oh, thanks. And uh, this month is the 25th anniversary of UHF. It is. I know. There's some news that I wish I could tell you about, but I'm I'm sworn to secrecy. But there's going to be some uh, something going on later this year regarding UHF. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, I cannot say. It. But yeah, I, I'm very excited about it. I, I've I've been to Tulsa a couple times to do some anniversary screenings and to do some Q and A stuff. And uh, it's a movie that I'm so proud of. I mean, it took a while to find its audience. I, I remember being a little depressed at the full reception it got on release in 1989, but over the decades, it really built up its audience on cable TV and on DVD, and now it's it's a beloved cult film, but it, it, took, it took a while to get there. It's huge. My friends and I, that's where like our entire visual comedic timing maybe stems from, or at least a huge contributing factor, so it's left its oh, mark. Oh, wow. That, that's really gratifying to hear. Thank you. <laughs> Recently, you played Isaac Newton in uh, Epic Rap Battles, and your rap absolutely killed. There was no contest, really. I, I wish I could take credit for it, but that was all those guys. That was all uh, nice Peter and Epic Lloyd. Wow. They offered to let me write my own rap, and I said, you know, you guys are the best at what you do. You, you know, you've got this down. I mean, I could do it, but, I, you know, I don't think I could improve on the kind of stuff you guys do already. So I basically just went into a talent and just, you know, put on the wig and, <laughs> and did it. That was one of the reasons I wanted to work with those guys, because they do some of the best stuff uh, online. Their, their stuff is consistently really, really fun, really strongly put together. It's like you don't have to worry about it sucking. Like, <laughs> when you go into the, the Simpsons and they say, we're going to write a song for you, you don't go, yeah, I better check that out. I'm not sure if it's going to be any good. You know, It's like if you work with talented people that you trust, you don't have to have this kind of concern. <laughs> As of this recording, I haven't seen any of the videos because none of them are out, but most of them, or maybe all of them, will be out by the time this interview's out. And obviously, I'd like to ask questions about them. I don't know. Is there anything that, any kind of behind-the-scenes video stuff that's worth noting that might not be directly apparent to uh, anybody who's seen what's out so far? 
The first video is uh, tacky, and it's supposed to be sort of kind of like the, the, the happy videos, and it's basically just a one-take shot of a guy walking around. And it, it's me and five other celebrities. It's uh, Jack Black, Eric Stone Street, Kristen Shaw, Margaret Cho, and Aisha Tyler. Wow. So basically, all, all five of us are walking through this building, and we go down an elevator, and it winds up out on the street. And it's all done on one take. It's a, I haven't never done that before. So it's a, it's a one-take video from start to finish. And we went through it six times, and uh, we wound up using the sixth take. So what was interesting about that was I, I start the video, and I finish the video. But in between, I have to run down five flights of stairs and, <laughs> and change my clothes while everybody else is doing their bit. So for every single take, uh, <laughs> I got this mad dash while changing my clothes. So I definitely, I'm sure I lost a little bit of weight that day. That's awesome. <laughs> Al, thanks so much for chatting. It's been awesome. Nice to talk to you, man. We'll talk to you next time. Hopefully, uh, once that UHF news drops, maybe we'll be able to talk with him again. Wouldn't that be something? Yes! <laughs> Hex is about to pull his hair out of his head. <laughs> One of the most exciting things that, w- that we touched on there was that Weird Al's record contract is ending, and we may see this whole new Weird Al Yankovic. Remember when Headline News came out, Mm-mm-mm was a very recent hit, and all of the headline topics that he mentions in the song were extremely topical, and that was very rare for him. It was going to be on Bad Hair Day, but then it was so old that he didn't end up including it on it once the record came out, and it was only featured on like the second greatest hits volume or something. Topicality is a big deal for parody. Hmm. I mean, the internet has proven that a parody can pop up for a song hours after it initially drops, so to have that relevance back with Al, the it, biggest and best name in yeah, the yeah, it is, yeah, it is the very issue, likely that that's what's going to happen. The issue with that kind of topicality is staying power, because hmm. if it's so topical, if it's just a flash in the pan, people aren't going to remember it. What if the UHF announcement is a YouTube channel. Doug, that would be ridiculous. Doug, that would be incredible. Wow. That, Doug, I'm talking Doug like, do you understand what you're saying right now? <laughs> That's why I said it. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> All right. So guys, if you enjoyed this episode, please support Nerdy Show. We're an entirely listener-supported podcast network, and uh, we rely on your hard-earned money. Love. And love. <laughs> and money. And, uh, and if you... Just with dollars full of fists. If you send us even a dollar, we'll send you hours upon hours worth of outtakes and all kinds of like dramatic readings and weird stuff. You're going to go head over feet for it. You're going to lose your goddamn mind when you hear these things. Just donate today to the Church of Nerdy Show. And you almost might not regret it. Find your salvation, brothers and sisters. <laughs> Seriously, though, we need... Uh, it takes us $300 a month to run the entire network of shows and, uh, and our 24-7 nerd music radio station, Nerdy FM. So uh, anything you guys can chip in would be much appreciated. And we do, of course, show you our gratitude by sending you cool stuff. In fact, I've got to give some shout outs to some awesome people who helped line the Nerdy Show coffers this past week. First up is Damien, who said, This is love for Pokeballs of Steelix and Dungeons and Doritos. Fantastic work on the shows, guys. Much love. Sean Lawlor said, Dungeons and Doritos is always worth the price of admission. But I'm also really looking forward to the Cthulhu miniseries and more lightning dogs. Howl noise. Well, let me help you out with that howl noise. More lightning dogs is coming real soon, dude. In fact, the next two episodes of Nerdy Show are devoted to it. And Anthony Del Monte said, Sorry it's not more. Times are a bit tough right now. Thanks for always kicking ass and taking names. You guys are the best. P.S. LaForge and Briggs 2016. Now, first of all, Anthony, big lump sums of money are totally awesome, but so are single dollar contributions. In fact, if more people weren't, let's say, em- embarrassed to give just a dollar, 
then we'd be many, many, many more dollars in the black. And then uh, uh, second thing, I, I ran that last statement, that postscript, LaForge and Briggs 2016 by our two Ghostbusters, Josh LaForge and Adam Briggs. Adam said, the hell is this? Are we running mates for the White House? And Josh said, I won't be 35 by then. So uh, some clarification is in order, Anthony. Uh, feel free to tell us your campaign plans for uh, Mr. LaForge and Mr. Briggs in 2016 in this episode's comments or on the forums, uh, whatever you got to do. We're all, we're all a bit curious about that. And uh, also, there's another way you can contribute. It's very, very super easy. We know you buy stuff on Amazon. All of us buy stuff on Amazon. If you go to nerdyshow.com and you follow the Amazon link on the front page, whether you live in the United States, UK, or Canada, a percentage of all of your purchases can go directly to us. No extra money for you, a bunch of extra money for us, and all you got to do is go to nerdyshow.com instead of amazon.com, follow the through links, and then buy whatever you were going to buy anyway. Maybe buy the anyway. new album. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in fact, if you can follow the links on this episode's page to buy a copy of Mandatory Fun, and it will, like whether it's MP3s or physical CDs, a part of that will go to Nerdy Show, and that's true of any other items that we link to on our episode pages. I mean, really, you guys can't do another couple of clicks? You that lazy? Really? We appreciate it. Don't listen to Tony. He's mean. <laughs> He's mean, and he kicks kittens. I do. Fuck kittens. <laughs> that's awful. That's uncalled you just for. just hate kittens. I do hate kittens. <laughs> listen, if you had seen kittens do what I have seen kittens do, you'd be kicking them right there with me. If you want to check out more podcasts from the Nerdy Show Network, or maybe some of our articles and videos, just head over to nerdyshow.com. Or you can subscribe to our podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes to get all the latest. And if you're looking for a good place to get started, just head over to nerdyshow.com and click the Greatest Hits button on our front page for a selection of our favorite episodes and biggest interviews. Thanks so much for listening. Bye, I'm Cap. Bye, I'm Hex. Bye, I'm Tony the Kitten Kicker. (laughs) Bye, I'm Mike. Bye, I'm Doug. Taking us out is a really unique track. It's another song from the 26 and a half Weird Al tribute record, but this is performed by Weird Al's band and tells the story of their collective rise to fame. Weird Al the musician isn't just one man, no. He's also Jim Kimo West, Steve J, John Bermuda Schwartz, and Ruben Valtierra. And this is their story performed by them. Ever wonder what it's like in Al's band? Kind of complicated, but we'll tell you what we can. Lots of people ask us what goes on in Al's band. This is our song, and we'll start where we began. Back in the beginning, before we started, Al sent songs to Dr. Demento. Then met John, who played the drums, and then he said we should start a band. That was the moment the fun began. Then met Stephen, he became the bass man. He knew Jim, who played guitar, and then Al had his band. Show with busy persons playing our best Like a food by their fans We cut our first album in three days After that we knew what to do We hit the road on tour and then we were on our way Happy to be playing our music for you Then before we knew it, we started something We got to make our second album That's what we did, was a hit and
found our keyboard man. I am Ruben, how do you do? He took it in and put him in a coma. Now he plays piano and he also plays a cool And jumped off of the deep end and reached Nirvana. And then came out of the blues and wearing a horns and silver paint just like the chili peppers do. for listening to Nerdy Show. We mean that. As listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show Network alive by telling a friend, rating and reviewing us on iTunes, shopping at nerdyshow.com store, or directly donating to the network. Any size contribution gets you exclusive Nerdy Show audio and images and lets you participate in our monthly support drives. Just go to nerdyshow.com support to chip in. To find out how you or your company can underwrite this or other Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com sponsorships. For more episodes of Nerdy Show, as well as other fine programs, community forums, videos, articles, and more, head over to nerdyshow.com. You can subscribe to all Nerdy Show Network podcasts via the iTunes Store, and for the latest news, follow us on all your favorite social networks.